This week's film review is for the film Princess Cut 2, Hearts on Fire, which is the sequel to The Princess Cut. Princess Cut 2 is produced by Paul Munger and written by Paul Munger and Elizabeth Hansen. The plot is as follows. Love bears all things. After years of trying to start a family, Robert and Lauren Anderson are excited to finally be pregnant. They eagerly share the news with Robert's older sister Grace, who runs a small rural clinic with her husband, Dr. Clint Masters. Despite Grace's reassurances and motherly example, Lauren feels she won't Lauren fears, sorry, she won't be able to maintain her athletic boutique and adequately raise a family. Modest success buoys her hopes until the storms of life converge, driving them all to the brink of despair. So does the plot glorify God? Yes, it does. The plot starts out with love bears all things. And that is taken from 1 Corinthians 13.7. Does the film content glorify God through his word? And does it lift up his commandments? There is a plaque that the character Grace uh, makes, and the wording on the plaque was taken from Proverbs 24, 3-4, which says, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. The mother Catherine quotes from Revelation 21.4, because she says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. And the rest of that is, for the formal things have passed. But she didn't say that. But what she did say was most of Revelation 21.4. Another example is that in the um, hour of tragedy, the mother Catherine sings a hymn to Grace's daughter. And then we have Lauren Robert's wife, Robert is Catherine's son, and his wife mentions um, to trust and not be afraid in her letter to her child. Scripture is filled with verses about trust in the Lord and not being afraid. Um, a couple right off the bat would be Psalm 56.3 and Joshua 1.9, but the Bible is filled with the promises that God makes to us that we do not need to be afraid. And if we trust in him, he will not leave us or forsake us. So what about the Ten Commandments? The first one, God being as the only God. Uh, The example that I have for that is Catherine, the mother. She references God in regards to having courage through hard times. And she said, you know, God is saying to me that he is stronger than all the hard times that I go through. And then we have Robert's reference to Jesus. He says this to his wife. He says to her that as long as they follow Jesus and he has his wife by his side, then he has that confidence that everything will be okay. And then we have Grace's conversation with the executive at the foundation. Um, They were talking about their free clinic and she was trying to get continue to get funding from him. And she said, you know, their free clinic was doing God's work in their community. Uh, This foundation apparently had a statement that included scripture in their mission statement, but had chosen to um, go with big paying clients over 
free clinics like Grace and Clint's that needed financial support. And so Grace was talking to them about that. And then it was interesting, after the conversation with the executive, Grace's sister-in-law, Lauren, Robert's wife, says to Grace, wow, you know, you were, you were great. And then she said, oh, I wasn't even expecting to say, I didn't even know I was going to say the things that I said. And what she said reminds me of John 14, 26, where the Lord promises us that the Holy Spirit will enable us to say the things that we are supposed to say in our hour of need. And then we have this scene where Robert prays over a patient. He prays over this patient and Grace comments how it reminds her of her dad, who always looked up to God through Jesus. And then we have Grace's prayer to the Lord during the tragedy. Another example is that we have Robert telling his wife that his mother would say that her stability is not of this earth, and he agreed with her. And then the last example I have of the first commandment is Tessa, who is not a Christian, suggests that Robert's wife prays about a decision. In terms of the second commandment about having been free from idols, I have two examples, and the first is Robert's statement about following Jesus and having his wife by his side. When he said this, he was letting go of his own hopes and dreams and just concentrating on doing the Lord's will in his life. And then we have Tessa's focus on worldly things, like this beautiful, expensive flat that she had moved into, and Grace telling her that that was not and should not be the foundation of her happiness. In terms of honouring parents, I have uh, the example where Robert came to the defence of his mother when his wife verbally attacked her. And then we have Robert's wife's apology to him and his mother for her verbal attacks. So it just showed the honouring, <clears throat> even though she initially dishonoured his, his mother, it was in a, in a moment of weakness, and you see her go back and uh, honour his mother with an apology and Robert's honouring of his mother by coming to her defence when he knew that his wife was in the wrong. In terms of uh, the commandment speaking against murder, you have Tessa's refusal to have an abortion. Her boyfriend said she had a choice and she told him she did not have a choice. Abortion was not a choice for her. And in terms of speaking um, the, the commandment against adultery, I put Tessa's boyfriend's deceit as an example, because even though they weren't married, he was still cheating on her. And it just basically shows how deceit brings humiliation with it. And then we have the commandment about um, lying. And I use Tessa's boyfriend again as, a, as an example, because he basically lied to her. He told her that she was secure with him, that she didn't have anything to worry about. She was now living with him and um and that wasn't that wasn't the case at all she was not secure so what christian standards does the film convey well we have scripture alone we have catherine the mother who relied on her bible there was a scene showing her reading the bible and if we compare it to the first film we already know that catherine bases her life on the word of god and then we have the plaque that had the verse from Proverbs 24 on it that was preserved. And in a way, to me, that symbolized that God's word is preserved and always will be. When it comes to salvation through Christ alone, 
we have Robert's reliance on Jesus Christ and him witnessing to his wife that um, Jesus is the foundation that we need in life. If we have that as our foundation, then we are going to be okay. When it comes to biblical marriage, this was maybe one of the aspects of this film that was the most challenging for me, if you compare it to the first film, Princess Cut, because the biblical marriage in the sequel was quite different. Um, Jim, the father, is gone. He has passed away. And so that spiritual leader that showed us the biblical marriage in the first film is gone in the second film. Now, Robert's wife is not submissive. In fact, she is pushy, arrogant, disrespectful, and domineering, and is often the spokesperson. Yet, the film also shows us that going towards a biblical marriage, there's grace involved. And Robert consistently gives his wife grace, which reminds me of 1 Corinthians 7, 12-16. And that is about a marriage where both of the partners are have faith or are deep believers. But the one that is a deep believer is the role model for the other partner. And so it made me think a biblical marriage doesn't have to be both people having the foundation of the Bible. It only takes the one. Um, and of course, there are different scenarios which make that extremely difficult. But 1 Corinthians 7, 12-16 backs that up. And so, the way their marriage is portrayed when seen through the Word of God looks wrong in terms of um, there's an attempt to reverse the roles, at least by the wife. She very much wants to be the dominant spouse. And you can see how it creates distortion and ugliness in a marriage when the roles when there's an attempt to reverse the roles. Some interactions between Robert and his wife were actually uncomfortable to watch, like the scene where he he attempts to put a comforting hand on her arm and she violently shrugs it away. It's nothing like the marriage we saw between Catherine and Jim in Princess Cut, the original film. But then Lauren and Robert are very young and they are what seems like they are growing into their faith. So instead of a solid biblical marriage, what we do see is Robert honoring his wife and giving her grace through her meltdowns. He's not reacting and escalating the situation. He's, he's given her grace. We see Robert telling his wife that God is in control and we see his desire to be the spiritual leader for his wife. And then there's also that announcement by Robert to his wife about the need to just rely on following Jesus and everything would be okay. We also have Robert's mother's encouragement for for his marriage. Um, there was a scene where Robert and his wife have a heated discussion and um, his wife storms off and Robert's mother basically says to him, go after her. And on a side note, Robert's mother consistently shows Robert's wife grace even though Lauren, which is her name, is constantly meddling in the family's business, instead of letting Robert do what he thinks is the correct thing. And in terms of biblical marriage, this film also depicts the often painful transition from the, from the biological family into marriage, into the marriage family. 
which is even harder when both people aren't following the Lord, and in this case, Robert's wife. In addition, Robert feels torn between filling his father's place in his biological family, because his mother needs that support, and being the head of his new family by marriage. We, we see his struggle with that. And then we have the scene between Grace and Tessa, when Grace is disapproving of Tessa living with her boyfriend. And this results in her making Tessa a gift based on Proverbs 24, 3 to 4. And we also see the mother, Catherine, being accepted by her daughter-in-law as a mother, which gives a hint that a future film may show Catherine teaching Lauren how to be a, bi a biblical wife. As it says in Titus 2, 3 to 5, it says, The older woman likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. In terms of the standard of the husband being the head of his, his home, the spiritual leader, Jim, the father, has passed away. He was the, 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 the role model in that sense. So he has passed away and there's a hole in the family for leadership. But towards the end, we see Robert's progression as the spiritual leader in his home and as a support to his mother. In terms of recognition of the value of, of life and the blessing in children, we see that example in Tessa's refusal to get an abortion. As I said, her boyfriend said she had a choice, and to Tessa, she didn't have a choice. Abortion was not a choice. And then we see Catherine and um, Lauren, her daughter-in-law, they have a conversation about the blessing of children. When it comes to the recognition of the body as the temple of God, of the Holy Spirit, the example that comes to my mind is Robert's wife, uh, Lauren, pushing herself to the limits with jogging and heavy lifting and stretching and emotional stress, even though she is pregnant and even though she is experiencing physical pain. And just reminds me that, you know, through pregnancy, we can often forget that there is another life inside us. And so there are some things that we were doing before we were pregnant that we need to put aside in order to focus on the unborn child. And so in her attempt to have the best of both worlds, for me, she was not treating her body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Does the film give glory and honor and thanks to God? Yes, it does. Um, Catherine's mention of the new earth and the promise from Revelation is a wonderful example of giving God the glory and honor because it just shows what's in store for us uh, when, when all is said and, and done. And then there's another example with Catherine, um, that she didn't turn her back on God during all of these tragedies that she faces in her life. In fact, she holds on to his promises through his word, and she prays, and she reminds herself that God is faithful. And it's just a very good portrayal of how we are called to trust in the Lord, no matter what, and to look forward to the blessed hope, Jesus Christ who will return and make all things new, as promised in Revelation 21. 
And then there's also Robert's praise to the Lord for blessing him beyond his wildest imagination uh, with his wife, Lauren. He says that is just a huge blessing for him. Did the film encourage my faith? It certainly did. Um, When I look at the role of Catherine, the mother, and her refusal to turn her back on God during tragedies, uh, and in fact, God was her biggest comfort, that certainly encourages my faith. And also Catherine's response to Robert's wife, to her outbursts. It reminded me of James 1.19, be slow to anger, quick to listen, and slow to speak. And all of these things encouraged my faith, because the way Catherine reacted to things can be backed up by the Word of God, and it shows that she was a woman that had the Word of God as her foundation. What actions did I do as a result of seeing the film? Well, for one, there was a lot of reflection. Reflection on faith during life's tragedies. And I asked myself the question, how is my faith? And reflection on James 1.19. Be slow to anger, quick to listen, and slow to speak. How do I react under pressure? Would I change anything about the film? Clint, uh, Grace's husband, in the first film, and it's hard not to compare the two, um, he was very close to the Lord in The Princess Cut, but his character didn't reflect his faith in the sequel, The Princess Cut, Hearts on Fire. It would have been good to see Clint's faith amidst the tragedy in the sequel. Uh, another thing is uh, you had Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthdays. They're not biblical. These are things that are deeply rooted in our traditions, but they aren't biblical. And it would be nice for Christian films to not have these things in them. Because when I watch a Christian film, I want to watch the ideal. I want to watch a film based on the Word of God. And that gives me something to reach for. And and I'm looking at role models. And so if I had the choice, things like, you know, Things based on just traditions would not be in Christian films. On a side note, there seems to be a Princess 3 in the making, and I hope it shows Robert's wife, Lauren, submitting to the Lord and shows her journey as a godly wife, in addition to Clint's strong faith that was shown in The Princess Cut. And the last thing um, that I would change, in regards to the film Fireproof, which I have reviewed earlier. I read that there was a body double at the end of Fireproof for the kissing scene because the main character in Fireproof said he only kissed his wife. So his wife was used as a body double to keep integrity. The princess cut the first film didn't have kissing or touching beyond hugging scenes. Princess Cut 2, the sequel, has kissing scenes or other scenes where it goes beyond hugging. But, and this happens between the character Robert and his wife Lauren. And as far as I know, they are not married off screen. And so I think the first film, The Princess Cut, had the right idea. Christian films don't have to have kissing or beyond hugging scenes with actors and actresses that aren't married off screen, as it compromises how we use our bodies to God's glory. So if I could change the film, those scenes would have either been taken out or done differently.
So in summary, uh, I had to watch this film twice. Um, not back to back, but, you know, I watched it the one day and then I watched it again the next day. In order to wrap my mind around the messages it was sending, Princess Cut 2 is messy and it's complicated. It's nothing like Princess Cut, the first film. At first, it's easy to miss the message of faith because it's, it's just so different to prin the Princess Cut. The main spiritual leader, the father, has passed away, so that strong spiritual presence is gone. And then you have Robert's wife, um, who takes a lot of space and, and differs so much from the biblical mother, Catherine. But upon review, there are strong messages of faith during adversity. The princess cut, the original, shows a strong biblical family. Princess cut too shows how the ravages of life can affect our household of faith. But the remaining message is that faith must prevail and that God's love is unchanging and faithful. I go back to 1 Corinthians 13.13 13, that says, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Princess Cut 2 is a portrayal of 1 Corinthians 13.13. 13. It shows the presence of God's love, his mercy, and his grace in our life cycles. I watched the film on www.christiancinema.com, but you can surely watch the film on the film streaming company of your choice. I thank you very much for listening to this review. Until next time, peace be with you.